This is Radio Romania International. You are listening to our one-hour broadcast in English for listeners in Western Europe and Africa. We can also be heard on the internet at www.ri.ro, Channel 1. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter and other social media platforms. Our programs are also available on TuneIn, Radio Romania International 1, and in Europe via satellite Utilsat 16A on 11,512 MHz, vertical polarization, azimuth 16 degrees east. We wish you good reception conditions. Hello, this is Daniel Bilz with the news, the headlines. Finland has today become the 31st member of NATO. The legal committee of the Chamber of Deputies in Bucharest is today resuming debates over the new criminal code amendments, criminalizing the abuse of office and neglect of duty. And Romania's highest cultural and scientific forum, the Romanian Academy, has today, on its 157th anniversary, opened its doors to public. Finland has today become the 31st member of NATO right ahead of a two-day meeting of NATO foreign ministers. The Secretary-General of the North Atlantic Alliance, Jens Stoltenberg, has hailed Finland's entry into NATO, saying, quote, it will be a good day for Finland's security, for Nordic security and for NATO as a whole. Finland and Sweden last year applied for NATO accession shortly after the beginning of the Russian invasion of Ukraine and they were given the statute of invitees also last year. While Finland got the green light of all NATO members, Sweden's accession has been delayed by Turkey. Stoltenberg has expressed hope that Sweden will soon become a fully-fledged member, just like Finland. During their meeting, the Allies are expected to tackle the illegal war Russia is presently waging on Ukraine and endorse a multi-annual support program. Sudden threats and provocations the importance of raised investment in the defense industry and China's increased partnership with Russia are also high on the agenda. NATO's partners in the Indo-Pacific area and the EU will be participating in talks about the global consequences of Russia's aggression against Ukraine. We'll revert to the topic after the news. The legal committee of the Chamber of Deputies in Bucharest is today resuming debates over the new criminal code amendments, criminalizing the abuse of office and neglect of duty. The initial form, endorsed by the Senate, providing for a ceiling of roughly 5,000 euros for this crime, is going to be amended. The ruling coalition held talks about an 1,800 euro ceiling whereas the Liberals have announced their intention to propose a ceiling of €1,200, Euros, accounting for two minimum wages in Romania. The opposition USR believes the ceiling for the aforementioned defence 
should be around a symbolic value so that the constitutional court rulings be observed. Romania's highest cultural and scientific forum, the Romanian Academy, has today, on its 157th anniversary, opened its doors to visitors. On this occasion, its most representative places like the Academy Hall, the Academy Club or the Memorial Museum have been opened to visitors who are also offered a guided tour of the library. The Romanian Academy boasts 14 sections covering several domains such as literature, linguistics, history, philosophy, mathematics, physics, chemistry, biology, genomics, technical sciences, science and IT, agronomy, medicine, economic and legal sciences, art and architecture. The Romanian Academy presently boasts 181 members and corresponding members, as well as 135 honorary members. We are supporting the Republic of Moldova with everything we can so that it may defend against Russia's attempts to destabilize the country, was the joint message conveyed in Bucharest by German Chancellor Olaf Scholz and President Klaus Johannes upon a trilateral meeting with the President of the Republic of Moldova, Maya Sandu. The Moldovan official said that under the present context, her country needs economic support but also assistance in the attempts to strengthen the country's defence capabilities. Chancellor Scholz has given assurances that Germany supports Romania's accession to Europe's border-free area, Schengen. We'll have more on this topic after the news. And now to end the news bulletin, here is a reminder of the main stories. Finland has today become the 31st member of NATO. The legal committee of the Chamber of Deputies in Bucharest is today resuming debates over the new criminal code amendments criminalizing the abuse of office and neglect of duty. Under Romania's highest cultural and scientific forum, the Romanian Academy has today, on its 157th anniversary, opened its doors to visitors. And that was the news from Radio Romania International, broadcasting from Bucharest. Romania and Germany support the Republic of Moldova in its efforts to deal with the challenges triggered by the war in Ukraine. I'm Mihaela Ignatescu with more in this report by Stefan Stoica. In 2010, when Romania and Germany marked 130 years of diplomatic relations, Chancellor Angela Merkel visited Bucharest. Thirteen years on, her successor at the helm of the government in Berlin, Olaf Scholz, also visited Romania. And the sensitive issues addressed in the discussions with President Klaus Johannes included, as in 2010, Romania's accession to Schengen. Left outside the free movement area because of Austria's opposition, Romania maintains its main goal of joining Schengen and has a strong supporter in Germany. I hope, said Olaf Scholz, that accession will take place this year. Romania, he said, has met all the requirements and we need secure borders. Because Romania is neighboring Ukraine, a country that is military attacked, and because the war has serious consequences for the Republic of Moldova, 
a neighbor of both, the Johannes Scholz bilateral in Bucharest was joined by the Moldovan president Maya Sandu. Romania will continue to support the Republic of Moldova, was the firm message conveyed by President Klaus Johannes. We will keep supporting Chisinau, firmly and unwaveringly, all the more so as the Republic of Moldova is subject to systematic hybrid pressure, including attempts to undermine its constitutional order. The Republic of Moldova is on the front line, faced with consequences of the war on its border and with Russia's extremely aggressive and destabilizing actions, all of which are strongly impacting the citizens. In turn, President Maya Sandu stated that Europe is strong thanks to the unity and firmness with which it defends peace and people's lives. The Republic of Moldova is the most vulnerable neighbor of Ukraine, affected by the war and the hybrid attacks orchestrated by the Kremlin, Maya Sandu stressed. According to her, the country needs economic support, but also to strengthen the capacity of institutions responsible for the security of citizens and the defense system. Maya Sandu thanked Romania and Germany for their support. The support of our partners, Bucharest and Berlin in particular, is highly appreciated. Thank you for supporting peace, prosperity and our European future. For its part, the Republic of Moldova ensures, together with Ukraine, the security of over 1,200 kilometers of European border. The Republic of Moldova is part of our European family. It is not alone and benefits from massive international support, the Chancellor of Germany also stressed. Olaf Scholz voiced his worries over the reports regarding Russia's attempts to destabilize the Republic of Moldova. The sovereignty and territorial integrity of each state are inviolable. That's why we are doing all we can to support Moldova defend itself from all these destabilization attempts, the German Chancellor concluded. Finland officially joins NATO, renouncing its neutrality in reaction to Russia's invasion of Ukraine. I'm Kristina Mateescu with this report by Corina Krista. NATO gains a new member, Finland, as it celebrates its 74th anniversary on the 4th of April, with the Finnish flag raised alongside those of the other 30 NATO member states in a special ceremony hosted by the NATO headquarters in Brussels. Against the backdrop of Russia's aggression against Ukraine and growing tension in the region, the ratification of Finland's accession to NATO was the fastest in the alliance's modern history. This is an historic week. Finland will be safer and NATO will be stronger, said NATO Secretary-General Jens Stoltenberg on Monday. He added that Finland's entry will also make Sweden safer. The two Scandinavian countries gave up decades of neutrality and asked to join NATO together shortly after Russia invaded Ukraine on the 24th of February last year. Most member states quickly agreed, with the exception of Hungary and Turkey, who delayed the enlargement. Sweden is still waiting for Turkey's approval, due to unresolved issues related to Kurdish militants. Delaying Sweden's ratification does not mean a halt in the technical accession process, said Jens Stoltenberg, adding he was convinced Sweden will soon become a full-fledged member like Finland. 
He explained that Sweden has implemented stronger legislation on the fight against terrorism and that mechanisms are in place to exchange more information. He also said that Sweden has removed any restrictions on arms exports to Turkey and that Sweden and Turkey are working together to fight terrorism in the East and addressing organized crime on the streets of Sweden. Stoltenberg emphasized that the postponement of the ratification of Sweden's accession is not stagnation. With Sweden having been invited to join NATO last year, its integration process continues and will continue after ratification, just like in Finland's case. In response to the NATO enlargement, Moscow says it will beef up its military presence in the region. Russia will consolidate its military capability in the west and northwest, on the borders with Eastern Europe and Finland, said Russia's Deputy Foreign Minister Alexander Grushko shortly after Stoltenberg's announcement in Brussels. He added that in the event of the deployment of forces and resources of other NATO member states in Finland, Russia will take additional measures to reliably ensure Russia's military security. And that was Radio Newsreel. Focus on Romania. Time now for Hit of the Day on Radio Romania International. You're invited to listen to pop singer Ada and her latest hit, The Physicians. Plâng că mă ții, să nu zic că că mă plâns Rând din dispe pentru că am multe motive să mă duc Îngerii mei trebuie 
You are listening to Radio Romania International. Inside Romania. We all know those little robots that vacuum the house, at least from an advertising spot or two. But what would it be like if there were little robots that can measure the wear on car tires in the time it takes you to fuel a vehicle? A group of students asked themselves this question and went on to create just such a robot. Jonuts Ocela is a member of the project team whose members are students of the Computer and Automation School with the Bucharest Polytechnic University. We asked him to tell us about the story of the project. This is a project to create an autonomous robot. It is placed in gas stations, And when we go there to fuel our vehicle, the little robot goes underneath the car, scanning each rubber tire. It is meant to determine how worn out the tires are. By tire wear, we mean the depth of the grooves on them, and by measuring this depth, we can determine whether or not we can still use our tires or if we need to replace them. After that, Ionut Zotzela also told us how the idea came about. This idea came out of a necessity. The necessity was brought to our attention by one of the transportation companies we worked with. After fuel costs, which is the biggest financial burden on a transportation company, The next biggest expense is associated with tires, which are extremely expensive, especially for trucks, and these have to be changed as soon as they cannot be used. In order to ensure this regular cycle and to increase safety on the road, truck drivers have to take their vehicles to an auto mechanic to get their tires checked for wares. Of course, this trimestrial check means lost money, lost time, and transportation companies are seeking any means by which they can boost profits. And as such, some gas stations have a tire-to-tire autonomous robot, that is the name, able to visually inspect each of the tires on a truck while it stops for fueling up. It then processes the images automatically, providing an almost instantaneous result on the state of the wheels. So, Ionuț Oțelea went on. Here we came with the solution for automation of this verification, offering transportation fleet managers information and details on the state of the wheels of trucks that go to stations for fueling. In principle, our little robot uses a camera and a laser beam for a process of triangulation. In essence, what happens is similar to what goes on in a depth chamber. The robot establishes the distance between it and the tire, 
and we can use this distance to process the information, seeing exactly what the depth of the grooves is. But tire to tire never ceases to surprise Ionut's Ocele. In addition, what the robot is also able to do is surprising for those who look at it, because it is able to map the surrounding area and to find the tires by itself. If you want, it is like the autonomous robots we use in our homes to vacuum the floor, which move around the house by themselves. And this is exactly what our robot is able to do going underneath cars and trucks. We found out from our interlocutor that there are already gas stations that have showed interest in using such robots. And the project was done in collaboration with the transportation company, obviously a highly interested party in this endeavor. However, there are more steps to be made from the pilot project to the large-scale use of the robots. Here is Jonas Ocele. Now we are looking for the next round of financing in order to move to the next stage, in order to be able to place the robots in hostile environments, such as in rain or heavy dust. We are looking to the same round of financing and we have worked with a transportation company and now a company that distributes fuel in gas stations has shown interest. They want to be able to place in their stations robots that can go under regular cars and they plan to offer this to customers as an incentive, a gift for choosing their venues to fuel. For every fill-up, they would offer customers a free scan. As I said, we are looking for the next round of financing in order to make more evolved products, bringing them at the stage at which we can turn out marketable products, something that can be bought even from a store and placed in gas stations. As we said, this was a team of instructors and students with the Computer and Automation School with the Bucharest Polytechnic University. You've been listening to Inside Romania. This is Radio Romania International, cultural event. Welcome to cultural event with me, Lacrimera Simeon. The exhibition In Memoriam, Corneliu Baba 25, is open at the Museum of Art Collections in Bucharest until the end of May. It marks 25 years since the death of Corneliu Baba, and displays 50 paintings and graphic works created between 1977 and 1997, and a selection of the artist's personal items. In a century in which artists had to deal with different ideologies, Corneliu Baba decided to remain faithful to the language conventions specific to classical painting. Among the Romanian artists who inspired Corneliu Baba are Nicolae Grigorescu and Nicolae Tonica, 
while several European artists also impressed him and inspired his work, such as El Greco, Goya, and Rembrandt. His works are present in exhibitions in Tokyo, New York, Beijing, Brussels, Moscow, and Berlin. The paintings and personal objects in the exhibition opened at the Museum of Art Collections come from the Corneliu Baba collection donated to the museum in 2011 by the artist's wife, Constanza Baba. To these 12 graphic works, studies and sketches from the artist's collection were added, which were made available by the custodian of the collection, Maria Albani. In this way, the exhibition also focuses on the artistic approach, the thematic and technical concerns of the painter over the last two decades of activity. Here is Liliana Kiriak, head of section of the Museum of Art Collections, which was inaugurated in 1978 as a section of the National Art Museum of Romania. A fost alegerea noastră împreună cu ea să formăm o colecție și totodată să redăm și din spațiul artistului. It was our choice to form a collection and at the same time to partially reconstruct the space in which the artist created. For this purpose, we are exhibiting the table, the bell that was always on the table, Corneliu Baba's sketchbook and the inkwell that he kept on that table. In his last years, Corneliu Baba had to work from home, being sick and unable to move. That's why we took a lot of care to reconstruct this home workshop interior at the Museum of Art Collections. Maria Albani, who owns a Corneliu Baba exhibition, brought us 12 works, mostly graphic works, as well as some paintings from his last period which the artist also talks about in his diaries. He wrote in those diaries about his obsessions at the time and how he often returned to the same canvases or motifs. During that period, we infer from Corneliu Baba's diaries that moments of enthusiasm alternated with moments of discouragement, an understandable thing, especially since the artist did not have a very easy relationship with the communist authorities who denounced him as a formalist However, he still managed to establish himself as both a book illustrator and an artist, and his most frequent themes of his late years were Mad Kings and Harlequins. Towards the end of his life, he painted a lot of self-portraits. He also frequently painted his wife Constanza. Corneliu Baba was certainly an authentic and realistic painter because he did not use to cosmeticize or idealize he rendered human beings as they really were, crushed by less pleasant experiences, said Liliana Kiriak. In the end of cultural event. Next in this program, sports. Hello and welcome to sports. A number of tennis tournaments with millions of dollars in prize money are held these days in the United States. Romanian players are also in competition. Sorana Kirsta, for example, last week reached the semi-finals of the WTA 1000 tournament in Miami. For this achievement, Radio Romania International has named her the Athlete of the Week. Sorana Kirsta is currently in a good place in her career. In Indian Wells, almost three weeks ago, she reached the quarter-finals. In Miami, she reached the semi-finals of a WTA 1000 tournament for the second time. Ten years ago in Toronto, she even reached the finals, which she lost to Serena Williams. 
This year in Florida, Kirsten came close to that achievement in Toronto. Without dropping a set, she defeated Mexico's Fernanda Contreras Gomez, world number four Caroline Garcia of France, and then the Czech players Karolina Muchova and Marketa Vondrusova, followed by world number two Arina Sabalenka of Belarus. In the semi-finals, however, Kirsta lost to world number 12 Petra Kvitova of the Czech Republic in straight sets, 7-5, 6-4. Kvitova went on to win the tournament, defeating Kazakhstan's Elena Rybakina. In the wake of her Miami performance, Sorana Kirsta went up 33 places in the world ranking to reach number 41. Sorana Kirsta was born in Târgoviște in the south of Romania on the 7th of April 1990. She became a professional player in 2006, which she ended as number 348 in the world. In her career so far, she won two WTA tournaments, in Tashkent in 2008 and in Istanbul 13 years later. She reached her highest ranking in August 2013, when she was number 21 in the world. She then went through a difficult period with physical injuries, but she came back and in recent years has been in top form. According to the WTA website, she has earned $8 million from tennis. And that's all in sports. You are listening to Radio Romania International. Next up in this broadcast is your music. I'm Nukaberasmion, your host today, introducing to you Stefan Mardale, an anti-folk, hard rock and blues artist and frontman of the Bucharest-based band Krigri. The Bucharest-based band Krigri launched towards the end of last year a new CD entitled Portul Fericiri in an approximate translation, Dressing for Happiness, made up of 12 pieces. Created by the band's frontman, composer, lyricist, vocal soloist and guitarist Stefan Mardale, an unmistakable anti-folk, hard rock and blues character, in short, a fusion artist, the 12 songs were born out of feelings and experiences lived over several decades, especially in the 80s and 90s, but also in the early 2000s revealing to us an expressive sound meant to evoke families, friends, and colleagues, and also other people found by chance in fairy tale places. Let's listen to them now with the song It's a Fairy Tale.
the vocalist, composer, and lyricist Stefan Mardale, the frontman of the Kriegri band, celebrated his birthday on March 29th. Next, we invite you to listen to him performing the song that gives the title of the album Portul Fericirii. Curge timpul, mare fluviu, tot cu el plutim și noi. Bărcuțe încropite, doar din vise și nevoi. Țărmurile sunt departe, iar furtunile ne abat de la portul fericirii. Unde am fi ancorat Spune îți mai amintești Că au fost odată ca în povești Un băiat și o fată ce-și spuneau Câte lună și în soare Și-au jurat pe Să le fie o sărbătoare E mult de atunci multe s-au schimbat E tare mult, cred că n-ai uitat Ce mult voiam să ajungem oameni mari Today, listen to the artist Stefan Mardale and the band Kriegri with the song Walt A. Nimic nu-i de mâncat, de băut 
Coming up next in the program, new names on the cover. Welcome to a new edition in our new names on the cover series. I'm Eugen Nasta. Lots of thanks to throw at you folks this week. Literature awards across the country bearing the names of some of Romania's great interwar or post-war writers. A fine poetry book scooped the literary prize in late 2022, made public in 2023. And a deserving young writer got her debut volume of short stories published a couple of days ago. So stay tuned. One of the most talented voices of young Romanian literature, Cristina Kira, 
has got her debut volume brought out by the Polyron Publishers' Ego Prose Collection a couple of days ago. Raluca Never Slept with Tudor is a title that does ring a bell, even though it is not the title you might have expected once you have opened the book. Concurrently, the title is very minute. It is like a definition of the whole book of the mise en abîme type. We're trying really hard to make amends with respect to the wrong things we did in the past. At first sight, Cristina Kira's collection of short stories is about girls and women shrouded in loneliness and wrapped in uncertainty. A feminist volume, a superficial reader would say. An ideologist, especially an ideologist, would revolt against it. The women in the volume are not strong. They are not vanquishers. They are not masters of their own fate. Yet neither are they sitting ducks crushed by sexist and oppressive society. Tongue-in-cheeks as you may go, you must admit both of them are right. The superficial reader, but also the ideologist. The author is capable of admirably effacing her own personality and the point of view, allowing only what can be seen and depicted at the surface. Even when she writes in the first person, she has the intelligence, the subtlety, to allow the reader to draw any conclusion for themselves, a good or a bad one. Yet never a misconstrued conclusion. You are listening to Radio Romania International. Because, little by little, the stories belong to everybody. They are our little or our great failures, about which nobody makes a clean breast of in public. The unhappened happenings, the gestures and the words that failed to come up in time, the lost paradise of personal fulfillment, and of course, the vainglory of the vanquished. The third edition of the short fiction contest, run under the heading Polaris, is organized by the Biscara publishers over April the 1st and the 15th, 2023. In 2023, the contest commemorates the centennial of original Romanian writer Demetru Dem Demetrescu Buzo, whose pen name was Urmuz. The participants are invited to take up an excerpt from Urmuz's text entitled A Little Bit of Metaphysics and Astronomy, which they should use as a motto for their own creations, previously unpublished and written in an absurd surrealist register. The original works will be sent over April the 1st and July the 15th, 2023. Each of the competitors will participate with one single work. The selection will be operated by August the 31st, 2023, of the most valuable texts that were registered for the competition. The texts will be further published in an anthology. Also, considering the pool of finalists, the partner literary magazines can take their pick of an author whose work they will publish, which was registered for the contest, as a prize they offer to the nominee. Alina Purcaru, on January the 15th, 2023, was awarded the 2022 Poetry Book Prize as part of the Young Writers' Gala 2023. 
the title of the volume is Even More Splendor, brought out by the Cartier Publishers in Bucharest. We took the liberty to quote from what literary critic Cosmin Chotlos said about Alina Porcaro's award-winning book at the gala's awarding ceremony. Just as the award-winning author tonight, I share an unwinning heart, as she very beautifully put it, rapid and unwinning heart. The volume also has several poems dedicated to a football club, which is unusual, apparently. But here, we're not speaking about that particular sort of urban attachment every one of us can afford. We're speaking about that particular kind of fragility Alina Purcaru does not express for the first time in her poems. So, Even More Splendor is the book that this year is the winner of the 2022 Poetry Book Prize, yet the volume carries the rest of Alina Purcaru's poetry behind it. It is her own particular path. It is part of a very elegant shape of wrapping fears, fragility, the buoyant or the low ebb moments, a shape she so very splendidly conveyed in the book, which, for my heart, a literary critic's heart, means a lot, and for my heart of a rabbit club fan, means a lot as well. The sixth edition of the Braila County Short Fiction Contest has been recently held, beginning March the 21st, 2023. The contest was dedicated to Braila-born, critically acclaimed prose writer Fonushnagu and was organized by the Panait Istrati County Library in Braila. Fonushnagu's extraordinary personality was a perfect departure point for the involvement of talented youngsters in their bid to express their own creative faculties. The themes of the short fiction contest were childhood, friendship, the plains, Braila, the Danube in Fanushnago's work. There was no registration fee for the contest. The contest was open for Romanian citizens for youngsters aged 11 to 19 for two age brackets, 11 to 14, and 15 to 19. The awarded works will be published on the site of the Panaiti Strati Library and in the short fiction anthology titled Fanushiana VI, brought out by the Proilavia publishers of the Panaiti Strati County Library. The anthology will be published in a digital format on the site which was dedicated to the contest. The Curta Veche Old Court Association staged the Narrative Narrative Festival between March the 25th and the 26th. The festival was held on the premises at the Central School National College's historical edifice. The college opened its gates for the creative educational workshops dedicated to all pupils studying in schools across Bucharest aged 7 to 14. The college also played host to the dialogue with parents, initiated by counsellors specialising in education and by psychotherapists. Now in its fifth edition, the Narrative Narrative Festival was staged by the Old Court Association and was held with the official approval of Bucharest Municipality's School Inspectorate, also enjoying the support of the Bosch Romanian Foundation, ARCA, 
Herlitz and Pelikan. Participation is free of charge for pupils. They can submit their registration at www.narrative.ro. The 30 pedagogues who coordinated the workshops and the conference sessions were writers, historians, actors, psychologists, chemistry specialists. Their shared aim was to encourage children to discover the joy of reading in the most diverse and interactive modalities. That's all we have time for in this week's New Names on the Cover. I hope you enjoyed our show. Stay tuned as there's more to come in terms of literary info, discussions and interviews with young and deserving Romanian authors. For Radio Romania International, I'm Eugen Nastain Bucharest. Bye for now. Focus on Romania. Coming up next on Radio Romania International. Simply Folk. To end this broadcast, let's listen to Elena Roizen with a song from Dobroja in southeastern Romania called I Was Born Near the Sea. Mai 
And with that, our broadcast in English for listeners in Western Europe and Africa has come to an end. You can listen to our next program for Western Europe at 17 UTC on 13,750 kHz in the DRM system and on 15,180 kHz in analog system. Listeners in Africa can receive our programs, tomorrow, at 11 UTC on 15,320 and 17,670 kHz. We can also be heard on the internet, at www.rri.ro, channel 1. If you have any comments or suggestions, please write an email at engl at rri.ro. Goodbye.